1: ixl is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the u.s make an impact on your child's learning get ixl now and listeners can get an exclusive 20 percent off ixl membership when they sign up today at ixl.com audio visit ixl.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price
2: today's episode is brought to you by the astro poets podcast it's a new show about astrology poetry and culture Hosts Alex Dimitrov and Dorothea Lasky are the duo behind the viral Astro Poets Twitter account, where they look to the stars to guide us in our everyday lives. They even gave me a custom horoscope for my sign. I'm a Leo, obviously. They said, quote, you're an incredibly loyal friend. Duh. You're emotionally and financially generous. Well, (laughs) because you're so obsessed with yourself, you tend to be your own worst critic. Which, I mean, yeah, I guess. That's all accurate. Fine! So now, I should go listen to the rest of their podcasts, and so should you! Just search for the Astro Poets Podcast on your favorite podcast app, and start listening today. Now, on with the show! Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week! I'm your host, Matt Bellisai! I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry.
0: Hey, Matt. You're actually, like, very lucky to have me in the studio today.
2: Not once have I ever felt that way.
0: Okay, but you should feel that because earlier today, at 9 a.m. this morning, I saw a man, a middle-aged adult man, in one of those giant motorcycles. You know what he was blasting? What? Every time we touched by Cascada, which was my (laughs) jayom eighth grade summer. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like... I'm going to hop on that hog and ride away.
2: Well, I wish you had, (laughs) and then I'd never have to see your
0: face again. Because every time we touch...
2: (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) let's get this shit rolling. We're going to kick things off today, as always, with Worst Things First, where I inform you on the most disturbing news of the week, according to me. After that, we're diving deep into the most relevant subject of my life in this moment going back to school (laughs) because the air is getting crisp, just like this apple that I bring to my new teacher. Boom! (laughs) Teacher's bet. (laughs) I should note, I'm not going back to school.
0: Absolutely not. Never again.
2: (laughs) Uh, But it's that time of year, and we're going to chat about it. And finally, we've got the one and only Ira Madison III. He's written for GQ New York Magazine. He hosts the crooked podcast, Keep It! So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's zip up our backpacks and start the show. All right. Horse things first. The worst news of the week. First. This first story was sent to us by Twitter user Lindsay, a.k.a. at like absolutely, who only has one tweet, and it was tagging us in this. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, I presume, for starting a Twitter account just to tweet at us. Uh, But this story is, a 49-year-old man in Portland, Oregon, who had a falling out with a friend of his, was sentenced to three years of probation last week for filling a plastic toolbox with dog feces and then setting it to explode when his <laughs> former friend opened it.
0: Oh, uh, ingenuity? Is that the word for this?
2: Uh, it's probably not how you pronounce it. Ingenuity. But that, uh yeah, I'm just so confused as to the combination of words that led to it. It's dog shit in a toolbox set to explode. I don't understand how that works.
0: I mean, if a toolbox showed up at your front door... You're, you're gonna are, open, you, it. You're open it. You're opening. You're gonna be like, "There's a wrench. Like, I got need. A, I need a wrench. Look at that. There's one right there. That's perfect." Yeah,
2: I've never seen a toolbox that I was like, "I want to get get my hands right in there." Mm-hmm.
0: Name one tool besides <laughs> wrench. Ready, go. Hammer. Wow. Screwdriver. Ooh. Um. Th-
2: th- fallopian tubes. Yep.
0: Flipping. That's in my toolbox. Oh, oh. <laughs>
2: You didn't even know that box my vagina until like a week ago.
0: <laughs> my dad and my boyfriend had to break that news to me. It was very embarrassing.
2: Yeah, uh, like two episodes ago when Barry said that she went horseback riding and I asked how her box was.
0: I thought that you were just asking like how my balk because I have back problems.
2: <laughs> no, I meant your vagina.
0: Uh, it was fine.
2: Specifically the vulva. I don't know. I don't really know where the vulva is. <laughs> Isn't it just the mound?
0: I, we're not talking about this. <laughs> well, you know what we are talking about? Piece of shit. Yeah, pieces of shit that explode.
2: So the man told the judge that he went to a wrecking yard, got an old airbag, and then packed it into a toolbox with a bunch of dog poop. "Quote: So when it was open, it would just blow the dog crap on him." <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> Apparently, uh, police said that it, quote, it exploded with such force that it sounded like an M-80 going off and the dog scat was blown out of the toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> scat. I, that's the technical word that they used. Mm. He said he set it on the back of his former friend's Camaro and the friend fell for the trap. Apparently, the fucking feud started because uh, the man believed that his friend was holding on to some of his tools and not giving them back. So symbolism is what he was going for. Honestly, poetic.
0: You know who sounds like the tool? that friend
2: yeah the man was like I guess the right thing to do would have been to get the police involved about his stolen tools but he was like I don't really trust the police I'm not psyched where I'm calling the cops unfortunately because he has 14 previous convictions (laughs) 10 felonies and 4 misdemeanors including dealing or manufacturing illegal drugs attempting to elude police etc according to court records Um, yeah so he was like I just decided to take it upon myself uh, quote rather than be vile like I could have been this was his peaceful <laughs> this was his non-violent solution it's essentially was a prank a poop bomb <laughs> well I just love how he was like yeah it's not mm-hmm. this wasn't he, he has no no part of his brain considers this to be a weapon oh, of course not. it's just it's
0: an I explosive mean, it, device
2: yeah it is like one step above like setting poop on fire yeah like would you consider a bag of flaming dog poop a weapon
0: if you're throwing it
2: yeah I No, no, it's just a flaming. If you're throwing
0: it, then it's a flamethrower.
2: It's a Molotov crap tail. Wow. (laughs) 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 I I hate it already. So, uh, yeah. uh, So he said he and his friend used to make similar explosive devices together for fun. And that there's like thousands of these videos of people making them and doing the same thing on the Internet. So he wasn't trying to hide the fact that he made the toolbox device. He just didn't think of it as a crime. This was a love letter, honestly. He was trying to write a letter to his friend by saying, remember the fun we used to have together before you stole my fucking tools? <laughs> I just want to know, like, when people do that, I guess it's normal for people to, like, scoop up dog poop.
0: I do it every day. Yeah. But it did not say this that he to had a dog. weapon.
2: Right, unclear where the dog shit actually came from, which is what I'm concerned about. Right? Did he purchase it? Perhaps? Probably not. I
0: feel like it's easy to just find it.
2: But he fu- he said it was just made to hurt his ego and give me my stuff back, like a wake up call. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, this man should be like designing alarm clocks. I'd get out of bed if this man uh, gave me a poop bomb. Anyway, best of luck to those BFFs. Next. According to a new study, a 17-year-old boy living in the UK went blind because of his diet consisting largely of Pringles, French fries, white bread, and occasionally processed meats like ham and sausage.
0: Okay, don't put this on the diet, okay? That's not fair.
2: Apparently he'd only been eating that for like almost his entire life.
0: Okay, that's not good. <laughs> I don't think
2: they were like, "Oh, you only ate Pringles for a week. Have fun never seeing again." <laughs> no. He was like, "Oh, you have a severe vitamin deficiency and there's no possible way." Although there is other uh they did the article does quote other scientists and researchers being like, "Uh, maybe there's not like a one-to-one uh, relationship between eating Pringles and French fries uh, and going blind, but like you know, it's probably not good for you. When is the yeah. last time you had a Pringle?
0: I don't even know.
2: Like nineteen ninety seven. But
0: I remember the taste oh so clearly. It's I don't, right there I don't, on I don't my want tongue. any
2: face with a mustache trying to sell me a chip. I don't care how much of a duck it makes me look like. Ugh, I love it. That little floating head on the on the Pringle the Pringles man. And his only defining feature is his mustache. I don't trust that. My kind of man. What are you hiding? Herpes. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> the Pringles man has herpes and he's hiding his cold source under that fucking bushy ass mustache. I don't trust it. For a second, I don't trust it. Also, yeah, they make an original Pringles flavor and then they're going to fuck it up with all these others. What the fuck? Who decided that vinegar and salt it was good on a chip? fuck off i don't care don't write an email to me and be like oh matt i i love salt and vinegar you're you deserve to die who writes emails i get e- tens of emails every day them <laughs> from from listeners saying oh i love salt and vinegar chips and i'm sick of it or write to spam i'll report i'll block you i'll report your number to the fbi your phone number And finally, 17 boys in Ohio will face charges for allegedly serving their teachers food with semen and urine in it. Mm. So, yeah, very on theme with going back to school. I (laughs) guess there was a, a global gourmet home economics class and these students made crepes. I remember, I might have said this on the show before also, maybe like second grade, we had to write, uh, every person had a different country and then we had to write like a paper on it. And then there was one day we would all bring in like the cuisine from that country and I had Australia and I just brought in cut up bananas. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know. I read in like the encyclopedia that Australians ate bananas.
0: Oh my god, I would be so <laughs> mad if I were in that class. What else do Australians eat? I don't Shrimp know. Do,
3: on do the more barbie? research.
0: Outback steakhouse.
2: Yeah, what am I going to bring gonna
0: a bring fucking
3: a steak? Onion?
2: <laughs> I don't know how I got Oh yeah, Global Gourmet. So this school, they were having a global gourmet home economics class, and these three students um reportedly put jizz in one teacher's crepe and then put urine in a barbecue sauce that was poured on on the crepes. Global gourmet. <laughs> I just like that it's called global gourmet. And they were like, Let's fucking put barbecue sauce. <laughs> That's your first if you're the teacher and you ate barbecue sauce on crepes, you deserve to eat jizz.
0: I find that more offensive than the jizz.
2: Yeah. I F F for, for fucking with that shit. So now, um, three of the students are accused of actually tampering with the food. And then another four are accused of like, not doing anything to stop it and like a- eating and abetting. But then one of their lawyers was like, they're really good. They come from very good families. He's
0: talking about the crepes. Um, <laughs> <it's> like... <laughs> these crepes are so tasty, but like, have you tried them? Right. Because like, they're actually uh... very good. <laughs> uh he just has
2: cum like dripping from his (laughs) mouth just like uh (laughs) Uh, he was like they've suffered enough at home that you know let's just take it easy all right we don't need to take them to court the lawyer also blames social media saying that idiotic stuff that other teens are watching to get clicks inspired the students
3: what? what
2: I just yeah I watched like jackass when I was a kid I didn't I wasn't pushing my friends off a roof in a shopping cart because I was a loser yeah <laughs> I didn't have access to a shopping cart or, or friends <laughs> uh, anyway that's why yeah I just I jizzed in crepes I just didn't get caught okay <laughs> You think of, you think of MVP of the mathletes got caught choosing in crepes. No, because I knew how to, I knew how to properly measure. How did they get caught? Is what I want to know.
0: I don't want to picture this image anymore. <laughs> how do they? I, I don't know. They probably cut into. I don't. Know, I don't know how much. I'm actually getting sick. Like, how much was in it? Like, what? How noticeable was it? I don't know. Or did someone rat him out?
2: I don't know the sperm count of the particular crepe. Uh, I'm guessing they probably were like bragging about it. Yeah. And someone, someone. Also, cracked. the
0: urine uh, is more noticeable than the semen, I would think.
2: Yeah. I just. I mean, if I were a teacher, I would never eat anything that a child brought in. Absolutely not. Yeah. I don't even like the the trope about giving a teacher like an apple. Like, no. No. Throw After it away.
0: hearing about like the razors and the apples on Halloween, like absolutely not. Well, yeah. You and my mom are both. <laughs> <laughs> Scared of everything. JK, I love trick-or-treating. Anyway. Still do it to this day.
2: And that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, we are diving deep into the first Bay of a Escuela. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive. Deep tie. Deep dive. Deep dive. All right. Well, the other day I went to Staples. Good old Staples. Love it. Because I was picking up some uh, supplies for a, a project I'm working on. I'm building a sex doll out of Staples. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Paperclip, Staples, just the jagged edges She's of, like, sex-tra-tary? no She's your sex Who said it's a she? Sexist. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Sexist! I just wanted to make a sex okay. Erasure. Erasure of male <laughs> sex dolls, honestly. <laughs> So I went to Staples and yeah, I walked in and there were so many people there and I was like, why are people at Staples? Nobody ever goes to Staples. And then I remembered that it was back to school time. (laughs) That's literally the only time people go to Staples. (laughs) But I was like, oh yeah, it's back to school time. That was the point of that whole story. (laughs) <laughs> so here we are. It's the first week of September. We've put our whites away. And yeah, kids are going back to school. And it got me it got me reminiscing, nostalgia about the first day of school and back to school time. So here we are. The worst things about going back to
3: school. First!
2: back to school commercials always make it seem way more exciting than it actually is gonna be oh oh really target (laughs) is carly ray Jepsen and and the dog with the crossbow target on his face gonna do my geometry homework
0: to uh, to a poppy little song i don't think so can i just say i love dogs so much those ones legitimately it's not that they scare me it's they concern me I don't understand how their heads are shaped like that. Is it that their skeleton is shaped like that? Or is it extra cartilage on top of their nose?
2: Whatever dog the target dog is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's shaped like a bowling pin. I know. <laughs> a bowling pin that was like already like violently broken by a bo- bowling ball. <laughs> uh. Also, picking out a first-day outfit is too stressful. The amount of energy you have to put into just deciding what to wear on day one Far too much.
0: I remember thinking, like, should I wear this plain shirt or should I go really crazy and wear the shirt with stripes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will it be too much for everyone around me? Yeah, you
2: have to consider what you're like. Uh, is this asking for it? Am I am I revealing too much skin? Am I gonna That was always cat-balled? my
0: issue. <laughs> am I gonna be revealing too much skin? Yeah.
2: We also had weird rules about like um your short's gonna be too short. Which is mainly an issue for the girls, but you had to pass the finger test, which was especially racist towards people with long arms, (laughs) which is where you would hold your hands all the way against your thighs and your shorts had to be at least as long as they, if they were shorter than your fingers. Does this make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. That's like, uh, I saw this kid on the playground being like, he did that thing where he was like, if your hand is bigger than your face, it means you have cancer, and I was like, oh no.
0: (laughs) I slapped you. I was fine.
2: I was fine. No, he did it to another kid, and I was like,
0: he has cancer. (laughs) My brother and sister did that to me a bunch. They did that, and then they got me again with like, well, I can make your hand smell like strawberry. It's like, you just told me it was going to be cancer. Now it's only strawberry. Either way, I fell for both because I'm a fucking idiot.
2: Uh, I did the one to my younger cousin where you put your fist in front of your face and you tell them, like, I bet I, I bet you can't resist me when I, like, pull your hand back. I
0: guarantee if you hadn't just told me that, but you did it to me, I would have fallen for it and you would have broken <laughs> and my I glasses. Did, and then she
2: cried. And I was like, <laughs> all right, well, thanks a lot for having no fun. <laughs> she was a tough cookie. Okay.
0: She probably had a great outfit at her first day of school.
2: Also, I mean, she also came out after me and has already, like, moved in with her girlfriend. So, fuck off. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you have everything. And I have nothing. Next! This most stressful part, I think, of going back to school is always getting your schedule. And being like, well, I guess now my life is ruined. Because I don't have this class with this person. You, know, you learn you're not in the same class as all your friends and you have lunch first period, which means you're going to have to eat at like 9.30 in the morning and then be hungry for the rest of the day. What are you going to bring, like a cheese stick to six period? And then uh, have a stinky piece of cheese? Uh, just because uh, it's you ate at 9.30 in the morning and now it's 1 p.m. and you still have two hours to go. And then band practice also after that. It's stressful. I guess I'll guess I'll just eat lunch by myself for the eighth year in a row. <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> No, I never had. I definitely always had my group of friends that I ate with. But also, this is probably the most telling thing about me was that I was friends with all of the band kids, but I was not in band.
0: Yeah, no, very much so.
2: (laughs) So it's very much like on the outskirts, but I'm still a nerd. So it's like whenever all of the band kids are away, I'd be like, all right, I guess it's just me and maybe the other weird kid.
0: I remember I came to lunch one day in eighth no in seventh grade and I you know everyone had their spot at the table and my group of girlfriends and I walk up to the table my spot fucking Christina was sitting there no one said anything there were no other chairs I was like guess I'm gonna go to this other table and I had to go to this other table but you know what those girls still some of my best friends
3: Oh. yeah
0: but fuck Christina for real
2: Also, you need to figure out how to get between all of your classes. That first week is just like a mayhem. It's a relay race, except instead of like glory and an Olympic medal, you're just fighting to see if you can shit between science and fucking algebra. We had five minutes to get between all of our classes and there was no bell. Thanks a lot, 80s TV. What? We we just had a beep, a long beep.
0: Oh, okay. I guess it was technically more like that. What
2: about Saved by the Bell? It's
0: not Saved by the Beep.
2: Also, buying school supplies is just a a capitalist game of torture. Oh, thanks a lot, Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank created a hierarchy. Because you think my mom was going to go out and buy Lisa Frank? No, okay? I got the off-brand like Liz Fruck collection with the dolphin that had one wonky eye and then i had to be, i had to be a second class citizen through all of high school thanks a lot deborah you
0: were getting lisa frank in high school
2: <laughs> <laughs> no i think i had pretty standard i had your pretty standard like horse girl folders i don't know i feel like we don't talk enough about name brand school supplies and the shame that comes with not having absolutely oh, oh you have what's it called like raisin art It's not Crayola. It's the ones that feel like they're like soft crayons. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What were they called? Rose art.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like
2: those were the ones that were like, you'd get it in the plastic like binder. They would creak open. And then they were the shittiest fucking crayons. Yeah. Don't even even talk to me if you had rose arts. Also, does anybody know what a non-fucking number two pencil is? Absolutely. I've never even thought about that. Well, I mean, uh, technically, I know. Is but... it like
0: a lead? I, I actually.
2: I think it's just like a softer uh, lead. It's like made of something else. So, like a number one pencil, I think is more for like. Um...
0: Like mask people, you know, like like it's a lot harder. What?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, like alpha people. Uh-huh. You have to be the number one. Uh-huh. Oh no, I think it's literally softer. Oh. And it's supposed to be for like shading Feminines. instead of, yeah. Feminines. But it could be, I don't know. Don't come I'm for sorry, me, I art, art internet.
0: <laughs> I just, my mind. Ex-
2: <laughs> I used to live above an art store and then I got closed down. Because, because my, you never shopped there. I did once and they were so judgmental. I was like, <laughs> clearly I'm not an artist and I'm only here for like a moleskin that I'll only use for like a week. Can we stop with the judgment? I want nothing more than to the, for the mom and pop shops in my uh, immediate neighborhood to shut down. And for a Starbucks to go in. How <laughs> oh, dare you? Ah! Why are you a fucking Pilates studio across the street when you could put in a Starbucks? Well, that's fine. That's not a mom and pop shop. I'm sure it's um, someone's mom. You think you're going to do Pilates and not get a, a baby put in that dumper? With abs like that, I never would have thought. <laughs> also, calculators.
0: Why are they so expensive? Are they still a thing? Tweet at us if you're a teen. Are they still a thing? Do you still have to buy, like, a new one every single year? Those were the worst. It's worse than iPhone upgrades.
2: Yeah. What What TI number are I'm, we on yeah. right now? I feel like I had a ti eighty nine.
0: I think my cal- my phone can do like a lot of different things. Yeah, do they
2: even need calculators? Can anymore? you even write
0: boob anymore?
2: Well, you can't. Like, uh, well, no. Now you just type then that I into Google. You just type Google. boob, yeah, and you're fine. Guess what? And you're getting the real thing.
0: Whoa! You're not
2: getting a little uh, a little digital rendition <laughs> that's just like ten dashes in a row. No, you're getting nipple. You're getting okay. areola bumps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I don't think, I mean, now, yeah, everyone has a phone. Or some people do, I guess.
0: Did you like love your calculator? No. But you were a math late. Oh, because you did everything in your head.
2: Yeah. Ugh. I didn't need the calculator. Ugh. No. Uh, then you yeah. Go to the
0: graphing ones. It's just none of it's necessary.
2: <laughs> yeah. The graphing ones were the worst.
0: They were also like 100 pounds. Also,
2: the beginning of the school year your book bag is like too perfect. And that's upsetting. There's really nowhere to go but down. Like every one of these precious pockets is gonna be filled with like chewed gum, like broken pencil tips, crumbled eraser stubs.
0: Fingernails.
2: Use condoms.
0: <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what were you doing in high
2: school? Just masturbated into condoms and then <laughs> kept them in my book bag. Oh, no.
0: You were the guy with the crepes, weren't you?
2: I did, yeah. But I ate my own crepes. I wasn't giving <laughs> them away. <laughs> but the good news is school is back up again. And that means all of the teens are gone from the streets from like 8 a.m. until like 3 p.m. I just have to remember not to go to Starbucks in the afternoon because you make the mistake once and then you're behind like 10 unicorn frappuccinos at 3 p.m. And you have to wait a fucking hour just to get one iced coffee. And I'm sick of it. But also it's almost fall. We're getting there. We're getting through it. So back to school season sucks, but we're going to live it up. We're going to enjoy it while we can. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we have Ira Madison III in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Fleur, our favorite fragrance company. I curated my very own sample set that you can try. I sniffed all the scents, but Moab, Sandara, and Hanami really got my nose those are my faves hanami makes me feel like i just shot a shampoo commercial but instead of a shower i was in a waterfall and then afterwards a bunch of river nymphs toweled me off and fed me berries and sang me songs and scratched that part of my back i can never reach that's the calming experience of hanami Hanami is just one of their many great smelling, non-toxic perfumes. And unlike other fragrance companies, Fleur is transparent and they tell you every ingredient in their perfumes and why it's in there. So you get a good scent made with clean ingredients. Just go to Fleur.com unhappy to check out my curated sample set and get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. That's P-H-L-U-R dot com slash unhappy to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off. P-H-L-U-R dot com slash unhappy. My guest complainer today is culture critic, TV writer, podcast host, Ira Madison III. You know him from his podcast Keep It, which is almost at a hundred episodes. Congrats. Almost, thank you. Uh, and he's been writing on the new Netflix series Daybreak. Is it? Yes. It's a series, right? It's a series. Daybreak. Welcome, Ira. Thank you. Thanks for coming
3: on. Unhappy hour. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I thought there would be cocktails. <laughs> I'm so. Uh, sorry. You know, <laughs> a bartender. <laughs> uh, we're, we're getting just, there. The, the we're un- getting there. The unhappy hour is unhappy because there's there's no there's, there's no, no alcohol. Hour. Yeah, not even an amaretto.
2: I know uh, there was a New Yorker profile of Pineapple Street Media, the mm-hmm. the production company, and they there was a, of them? there was an off <laughs> a like off mark just like a, a throwaway line about how when we're done recording, there's always like empties lying around the studio, mm-hmm. which is like not true. Wow. And the New Yorker is famously like stringent about their facts.
3: Lies. Lies. In lies, New lies, You can't trust lies. anything. Lies on top of lies. Well,
2: apparently they called one of the people who run the company and were like, does this sound like a true statement? And they were like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that's how it happened. Maybe they asked
3: um, someone who's an alcoholic. Probably. <laughs> there's, there's empties in their office. <laughs> yeah. In their car, but nowhere else. And uh, they needed Fied, a scapegoat. Let's find the liquor. Yeah. Where is it? I was a, I'm,
2: I'm a believable, believable scapegoat for that.
3: <laughs> so we, we like to
2: start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves?
3: Well, I'll just jump right into it. <laughs> um, I I was thinking hard about this question. Yeah. Uh, you can have more than one answer, I know, right? Because at first I was, I was talking with a friend last night and I was like, should I say like Titanic? And he was like, <laughs> do you hate Titanic? I said, well, it's boring. And he said, well, Everyone thinks it's boring. That's not the point. Uh, So I think I settled on mustard.
2: Okay, all right. That's a, like a safe answer. Don't like it. <laughs>
3: um,
2: we can unpack both of those, though. <laughs> I mean, different ends of a spectrum. But yeah, mustard.
3: Just like not a fan of of the flavor. No, I don't like the flavor. I also don't like the texture. And just like, I mean, as a kid, you know, when you're like squirting <laughs> yeah. mustard on things, like even the color. Right. Like just eating something that bright yellow. Yeah, nothing in me. nature
2: is that is that yellow. Yeah. I mean, I guess flower, some flowers, I don't know.
3: <laughs> even things that are sort of like mustard cooked like like the honey Dijon mustard or anything else. Yeah. It's just like I immediately tasted it. It doesn't appeal to me.
2: I am still a little alarmed. There's something less off-putting to me about like a, just a solid bright neon yellow mustard than like a Dijon which has like those oh, like sorry. bits in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, weird, thick, spreadable. I don't know. That's not what I think of when
3: I think of mustard. Uh, I used to think I hated mayonnaise, but I like it in things, I guess. I like it aioli. And I feel like every burger sandwich place, like, their special sauce has mayonnaise in it.
2: Right, right. I mean, I don't think anybody is kidding anybody about what's what's special sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, you mix two different (laughs) condiments and called it a special sauce. We all know what's happening. But then Titanic was the other one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, which is it? It's it's a history movie. Yeah, I mean, at the it's, end it's of like the day, three hours long. Of course, it's boring <laughs>
3: yeah. at some point.
2: I do, I do miss the days when a
3: long ass movie you had to like uh, switch the VHS tape out halfway mm. between. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. big double set. That what was it else we had? We had Scarface. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> Ben Hur was a double VHS too.
2: It was always yeah the the movies that I remember the like. All these like man movies, like Deer Hunter, mm. like things that I've never, I still have never watched. <laughs> They're also
3: telling me we can
2: bring you a drink if you want one. Do oh you my wa- god! Do you want a drink?
3: What do you have? What what are our options? <laughs> uh, I mean, if there's like a little rosé or a canned gin and tonic, the the drink is coming. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the white cloth, actually. <laughs> oh god! All right, we're mixing some drinks. All right, we have some bourbon. Some white claw. Do you want some white claw? Um, sure. But now, should I should I taste it on its
2: own, or mix it? Is that mix what you're? Mix it. T- yeah. Let's have a little moment with with whiskey. All right.
3: What flavor of white claw is this? Black cherry. Okay. Yes, Katie Tunstall's favorite flavor. Well, cheers. All right. That's good. That is good. That is a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's less... White Claw and bourbon. I probably put too much bourbon, but... Mm. Whew, I taste it. That is that is a moment. It has the kick. Right. But it also is a bit refreshing.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're going to push me back into alcoholism at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a brief break.
3: <laughs> Do you drink when you record, usually? No, we record at 9 a.m.
2: Oh. so <laughs> I mean, hey, when I used to film stuff at BuzzFeed, I made them, I was like, we have to record in the middle of the day, because that's when the lighting is best. I know, right?
3: We And then I still mostly, drink. We mostly have jobs, so, like, I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Shane. Well, <laughs> well, you were at BuzzFeed, so, like, it was your job, but it's, right, like, right. like my, one of my co-hosts, uh, Louis Vertel, uh, he is a writer on um, Jimmy Kimmel. So, you know, he has to go to work after. Right, right, right. So we do it early in the morning, and it's just, you know, it's nice to know that you can be on, I guess. Yeah. I have friends who always say, Ira, how do you make jokes or one-liners at 9 a.m.? You're getting up at 8 to go into the studio. Yeah. It's the first conversation you're having with anyone all day. Right. And I don't know. It's just, it comes to you yeah I mean, it's
2: good. i I feel like the harder part would be you were you're on and then you have to like keep being on for the rest of the day. Like, I feel like I could manage it for an hour and then I'll just be dead
3: right. it's it's that um that morning show mentality, I guess, right? Yeah, then you just go to work and you're just chilling
2: speaking of Lewis, it reminded me of um the concept of gay Twitter is so like. Amorphous to me. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I have so many thoughts. I have so many
3: thoughts about fucking gay Twitter. What is it? I don't understand. I don't think I'm part of it.
2: I I didn't think I was part of it. Then until there was some some dude who I ran into um they made there was that one year where like everyone was doing March Madness for like everything. Oh, the bracket. Yes. Yeah. I remember And there was a gay I Twitter back. I think we're
3: both in the bracket.
2: Yeah, yeah. As was Lewis. As mm-hmm. was and that was when I was like, Am I? Am I part of gay Twitter? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh it seems like well. There's like there's different facets of gay Twitter. Of course, there is there's the like show your asshole facet, which yes. I'm certainly
3: not a part of. Yes, um, the OnlyFans facet, <laughs> or the or <laughs> right. as I like to call some of the others, uh, using Twitter as Instagram gays. Yes, yes, right. Like, Instagram does not exist to them. They put their thirst traps and their selfies on the Twitter because they want multiple audience engagement, interaction, and they can retweet them, they can pin it, et cetera. I feel like maybe at a certain point I was part of Gay Twitter, but you also have to remember we were at BuzzFeed. Right. So, that we, were, we were we were we were a different part of Gay Twitter. We were we were media right, Gay right. Twitter. Right. Yeah.
2: It is it is weird that Buzz, BuzzFeed was it was like, "Oh, you're a part of yes. the media."
3: And now there are were we're so not. many so many of those gays too who are part of like LA or New York Gay Twitter right. all worked at BuzzFeed. Right. <laughs> and they've all filtered off. And that's what I think it is. It's We were part of a different subset of gay Twitter. Media. And then when we left it, now we're in sort of, I don't interact with people who are like, oh, there's the F- SF, Chicago gays, like the right. whatever gays. It's like, I don't really follow really any of them. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on on gay Twitter in the sense that If there are memes that are happening or people are making references to someone having a fight or something, I don't know what that is. Yeah. (laughs) Because most of my feed is entertainment people, um, politics people, or... Whatever, like Beyonce stand accounts.
2: Yeah, that seems healthier, <laughs> as opposed to my my thing, which is like, yeah, I'll I'll see a reference to like a fight that two people are having on gay Twitter, and the amount of time I have to spend to go and back look, and find out where it's, it's started, exhausting. I feel like it's Nancy exhausting. Drew. And then, like, you get to the end of it, and it's like, I don't know who any of these people are. Exactly. And I've wasted an hour and a half of my life. That's um,
3: also the thing. I feel like most people who would be gay Twitter, right, their follower count is probably under, like, they're following under 600 people. Right. Whereas I feel like I'm following too many people at this point. for It, it, I'm, it misses me. Right. Even if I am following one of them, I'll maybe see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think too it's, much going on. If
2: you're following like over a 1000 or so people, like at that point you're only really seeing like a, a, a meme if it's like reached true mainstream like it's, or it's one of
3: your closer friends who post it cuz right. they will show you people that you interact with the most. Twitter. Right, right. F- the algorithm will.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm also I, I know that there are those facets of like, I'll hear people be like, Chicago gay Twitter is
3: like the, the meanest. And I'm like, what does that even mean? I don't I don't know. It's weird too, because I think I was saying this to my best friend Sam last night. There are so many people who would be Chicago gay Twitter, right? <laughs> because but we live in LA. <laughs> right. Because the thing of being LA Twitter is you you've come from somewhere else, yeah. mostly. Yeah. I'm from
2: Chicago. That would yeah. be that would be me. I'm from
3: Milwaukee, you yeah. know, and so I didn't know that. Yeah, so
2: you're a Midwestern yes, boy I went at heart. to
3: undergrad in Chicago. Yeah, Loyola. I lived All in right.
2: Rogers Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, how was living in Chicago? Are you
3: uh, are you a fan? I did like it. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> enjoy. I enjoy Chicago. Yeah. Is Chicago for me that girl? No. Yeah. But. I'm there when I have fun with friends. I enjoy it. Yeah. There's a cute bar. There's a very cute restaurant. And it's fun. It's just not a place that I could relocate and live, I feel like. And it's not a place that I feel has as much of a nightlife or just things going on as L.A. or New York.
2: Yeah. They're going to come. They're going to come for me. Uh, If Yeah. We're just disparaging uh the, the <laughs> nightlife of Chicago. Um, to <laughs> love, the to, fair, love to go to sidetrack. Some of my for messiest her moments Debbie Gibson
3: night watch all of her <laughs> videos. <laughs>
2: um but that's so fun. I, I don't know. I feel like it's probably a compliment to say that you don't strike me as a Midwesterner. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But I guess it depends on how long you've lived outside of the Midwest. True. At this point, like I'll yell at someone, but I'll I still apologize for
3: it. Yeah, you still have some of those nice things within you, and I don't know. It, it feels fine. I I don't go back that often, so I yeah. don't know what's popping in Chicago.
2: Right. Right. I uh, want to transition to a, a, a game, quote unquote, that we call Elaborate, um, which is some tweets that you've s- expressed hatred of something for. Uh, oh, my God. Just to elaborate on. Okay. Which, by the way, you are you you delete old tweets. I do. Not, I do. Not she like... does. <laughs> <laughs> what is the strategy there? Will not just catch like, me
3: slipping? We're not going to not... have a running record. Right. Not Not that there's like, you know, like. Racist, transphobic tweets or anything else right. that could take people down, but you know, I a few years ago I ran afoul of like right wing Twitter, and they were very pressed, and they always try to dig up. I, they dig, they dug up something, particularly one tweet where they tried to accuse me of being anti semitic uh-huh. because I was interacting with Lewis Pitesman about something, and one of the punchlines that he said about something was like, "Oh, the people who do this are like Jewish people," and like deadpan, you would be like oh yeah I mean hate the Jews <laughs> right like a joke you're interacting with someone and you see the tweets but right when crazy people love to pull things up like that out and be like oh my god he hates them see you're right. just as bad as the people you say are racist. so I just don't ever want anybody having anything out of context for anything I say so I delete the tweets yeah yeah which... Plus, I'm never attached to anything I've ever tweeted, <laughs> ever. Because if, if if it was if it was funny enough, you if someone it. screenshotted it or saved it or it was like beamed to somewhere or something, or if it's linked in an article, they usually recap it. Right. So I'm, I'm not attached.
2: I, was, I see. I see. I thought you meant like nothing you say on Twitter is that is that deep that like that
3: too. <laughs> I I still have trolling tendencies. Yeah, but but fun ones, not where you're you're like attacking a celebrity or something, right? You know, it's it's just like you're tweeting jokes, and it's funny just because a lot of people I feel like who follow me don't weren't people who followed me in 2014, 2015 when I was at BuzzFeed, right? So they don't get when I dip back into that like sarcastic sort of sense of humor.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's a fine line, uh, but yeah, I feel like you're unapologetic about it, and as long as you like kind of stick to it. Yeah. I mean yeah. my podcast is called Keep It. You know, it's inherently
3: <laughs> critical of things.
2: Right, exactly. Well, so there were only a few things <laughs> then that we found that were mm-hmm. you actually expressed hatred. One of which is uh That you have to remind yourself that you don't hate Virgos, you just hate some people who happen to be Virgos, but you still hate Cancers. When I see
3: Cancer, I floor it. (laughs) I'm still
2: like, (laughs) I feel like astrology has now become like an integral part of the gay curriculum that I have just like. It has. I have to go back and like take a class. Black
3: Twitter too. Just like I think that astrology has had a big comeback.
2: Yeah. And I don't. I didn't know that there were like moons and shit. Rising like, moon. You have to figure out what de- time of the day you were yeah. born. Yeah. yeah.
3: Sorry, rising sign and your moon. Uh, I am a Taurus moon, and my rising sign is Gemini.
2: Okay. Okay. Which means.
3: You know, well, Gemini. You know, they're they're very divided. You yes, know? It's like I know you that. A, you have two opinions. Taurus, very a little bit stubborn, a little combative. Uh huh. And so, what do you hate about cancers? <laughs> Uh, I just think they're obnoxious. I don't know a good kid. So I'm kidding. I know some very good ones. But, you know, I just think they're very, a little too needy for me. Okay. The only needy I need in my life is Ariana Grande. Sure. Yeah. That track. It's right. great. Right. Did you see her live? At Coachella, I did. Yes. Yeah. And
2: the concert. You all. You were present for, for Beachella, too, right? I was. For both nights? Whew.
3: Just the one night. Just the one. But,
2: I mean, still, one is enough. Yes.
3: Yeah. I was in... Maybe New York. I was somewhere the weekend following, but a lot of friends who did not go to the first Beachella weekend were like, we're going. Do you want to go? And I debated it, but I was out of town somewhere.
2: Yeah. How many times have you seen her? I have
3: seen Beyonce. Okay, well, let's see. <laughs> we got to gotta get out the fingers and count. Well, not counting early stuff, because I did see Destiny Child once. Okay, yeah. Well, I saw the Survivor tour mm-hmm. from Front Row, because I worked at... Summerfest in Milwaukee, then. Uh huh. And I was working the concert and I conveniently vanished from my post <laughs> to <laughs> stand in front and watch. But my first real Beyonce concert was I was taking my friend to the Mrs. Carter World Tour. Yeah. So I saw that one. I saw Formation three times. Yeah. Three times I saw Formation. I saw on the run
2: three wait three times i just three, th- three times
3: <laughs> three times uh well so because she came to la earlier in the year right and then she added dates later in the year yeah so i saw that show when she had added the dates later because for me i love beyonce yeah. and if she is in my town and i don't have tickets to a concert it feels weird right right, right. it's like if you hear if you love beyonce and you're hearing friends being like I'm at the concert or I'm going to the concert. It just feels weird to not have gone. Yeah. Uh and the third one was here in New York. I bought uh someone who's I've been a friend of his for um at this point like twelve years. He's one of my very close friends, I bought him tickets to the formation tour here. Nice. So I flew to New York to see it with him. Yeah. But so okay. that's three times Mrs. three times, Mrs. Carter, that's four, and then there is on the run, and then there is on the run. Two, which I saw, but also I saw On the Run twice. I went the Saturday and <laughs> Sunday, so so uh, and, and 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 Beachella. So I think that is I think that <laughs> is calculate. eight times. Uh, I'm just double checking to make sure that there is not one more. Okay, Mrs. Carter World Tour. Okay, eight. I've seen Beyonce eight times in concert. Okay, but I think it was after Prince died, right? And, yeah. Um, just the idea of your icons can go at any time, right? So if there's someone you love, go and see their concert. You yeah, know? yeah. I had seen Casey Musgraves twice already. I saw a Valentine's Day show at the Ace Hotel, and I saw it at Coachella. But last weekend, a friend was like, "I have tickets to Casey at the Greek." I was like, "I'll go." You yeah, you you never. You never feel awful for going to listen to live music yeah. for someone you love.
2: I feel like that is a—I've been getting more into, like, fuck it, you know, because it can be expensive. Not that you have to buy, like, a front row seat. I no, you
3: have to buy a front row seat, but it can be expensive because you want to be close enough to see. Right. You know, you want to, like—you don't want to be so far in the back. It's like, why did I come here?
2: Right, right. That was the one thing about the on-the-run tour that I, like, paid a lot of money to be— uh, on the floor, and mm-hmm. even there, it's like we're in a stadium with like 50,000 people, yeah. like even the people in the front aren't really that close, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still funny, Lo- I love that, yeah. Yes, uh, on a stadium tour, right? Um, I mean, my other favorite, I feel like the last time you actually used Keep It on Twitter without reference to your show, mm-hmm. um, was for a uh, natty ice hard seltzer <laughs> I, <laughs> as we drink, White I, think Club, w- but, I think
3: it was a joke. Because they did a loco tweet out that they have heart cells. I think that was a joke, too. Oh. But Natty Ice, it's... Who drinks it? And I'm from Milwaukee. I never... Lo- whenever someone was like, here's a Natty Ice, I was like, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't think I belong here. No. <laughs> I drink... Like, give me PBR if it's cheaper or something, you know? Or yeah. Miller High Life. Natty Ice just feels so frat party, right? next morning you're calling your father to help you beat some charges.
2: <laughs> I don't think I knew what connotations each beer had until after college. I just drank what was was handed right. to me. And
3: that's the thing. You, you drink whatever you drink in college, right? right? And then as you become an adult and you discover things like... Real cocktails, or you discover (laughs) like- Like, oh, I was pure trash. Right, or you discover like craft beers, and you find things that you actually enjoy drinking, and you like the flavors. It's, when you're in college, you just drink whatever to get drunk. Right. It's, I look back, and I'm like, was I drinking vodka and fucking Gatorade? Yeah. Just because it was there? (laughs) People who still drink vodka and Coke confuse the fuck out of me.
2: Right. If you're doing that after the age of 21, right. it's like you you've drank gone that far.
3: because you had vodka in your freezer. Right. And you also had Coke because you drank that. So mixing them together, it's no, when you become an adult, you finally become the person who's like, "Oh, I have whiskey. Um, so I'm going to have ginger ale in my apartment or right. whatever you want to mix it with or you have vodka, so then you have club soda, you know, or um just seltzer water or Anything else to go with it. As you become an adult and you buy liquors that go with cocktails, right? you sort of keep your apartment stocked with them so you can make a drink. Yeah. You're never really a person who's like, oh, well, here's some vodka and I don't know, what, a coconut LaCroix?
2: Right. <laughs> I think my the, the thing that brings me most viscerally back to disgust is
3: uh, Crystal Light in just vodka. Oh, my God. Remember when we used to <laughs> fucking drink Crystal Light? Dumping powder into our water? Yeah. Disgusting. But that is better to me than just doing it into vodka, obviously. Of course. Um,
2: but, yeah. Let's see. You also had another tweet. Well, this is... I don't even know if I truly understand the reference in this one about you mistakenly said aloud to a man at the bar that Bonnie Raitt saying, if it makes you happy, mm-hmm. and you deserve
3: a hate crime. <laughs> uh so I'm trying to remember which boy this was but uh I definitely was at a bar I was drinking and I made a reference like he was like I'm gonna do this and I was like I mean well if it makes you happy as Bonnie Raitt sang (laughs) and then I was like wait Bonnie Raitt didn't sing that song and I had a whole existential
2: right it does feel like you of all people should have you know a pretty the bar should be high for like getting the references of correct. course yeah so it was like yeah. i
3: said that and made a reference i was like oh wait oh fuck no sorry i was thinking was like, yeah so it was a moment where i was stumbling over the reference in my head right as- right you get that you know pop culture it's <laughs> everything is there <laughs> 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 I sometimes feel like my pop culture knowledge
2: is not up to like standard. I mm-hmm. think I need to do way more homework. But it's that the problem is when you think about it as work, it doesn't become fun. No. Uh, but i I was a guest on lost culturistas uh, I love them i um love
3: them but at one point Las culturistas, yeah. they are two of my faves I'm very excited that matt rogers is moving to la oh is he yes he's 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 part of my extended friend group
2: i I do I remember when I was a guest at some point I like i I guess I wasn't giving matt enough <laughs> and he was like he's he's on a show about culture he should have opinions and I was like... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that sounds like
3: that. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> was this is like a live show? Also fair um, or an actual no, no, full no. episode? No, 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 okay. no.
2: Although I mean, I'm sure everything was in the episode that yeah. came out.
3: It might as well have been live. I'm scared. Uh, I need to listen to that one then. I famously <laughs> left an episode of La uh because I was. It, I recorded when they were in town in LA the first week. I started at daybreak. Uh huh. And I was I like already had time carved out because I'm. I come in late on Tuesdays because we record at 9am Yeah, um, I would always be done and get to work within like 30 minutes of when we we're supposed to be like gathering chilling out in the room Right. Um, but they knew about the Tuesday when we record Keep It and didn't know about the La Culture Reese's thing and it was the first week and I didn't want to be like oh I had to be late because of this podcast uh, so famously I call an Uber during my episode and then at a certain point I'm like guys I gotta go my Uber's here <laughs> <laughs> and then I hop out and leave. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I think if you did a if you did a good enough job on their show, I think mm-hmm. they wouldn't mind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love a bit. Uh, my like, because they always ask about your like cultural like what what is the thing that made you realize culture was for you? Mm-hmm. And mine was Desperate Housewives. Oh yeah. Oh bitch, we could get into it. But uh, then I did not have an encyclopedic knowledge of Desperate Housewives, which oh. was uh, upsetting to that. I mean, like it's been a while since I've revisited it. Matt
3: Bellamy <laughs> always had the perfect <laughs> answer for everything. Except when it came to Desperate Housewives, I that's truly, my Mary Alice. Yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> that was pretty
2: good. I mean, yeah. I watched
3: every season of that show. I I yeah. loved Desperate Housewives.
2: I uh, so did I. Uh, I just like I have to go back and and revisit. All right. Well, I think that is all the all the shit that I have. Um,
3: before we let you go, where can people find you and your work? You can find me at Ira on the Twitter yeah yes Uh, everyone's always like you were one of the first people to be online how (laughs) did you get ira and i'm like no it's our social guy at buzzfeed
2: oh samir yeah
3: samir one time slacked me and said hey do you want the handle at ira and i was like yeah bitch And then next week, <laughs> I had it.
2: <laughs> I wish. I wish. I think at Matt is someone that is works at Twitter. So, like, yeah, there's no way.
3: That's rude. Um, But also follow me at Ira the Third on Instagram. That's where the photos go because I am not a Twitter's Instagram user. Even right. though I do sometimes post a cute photo of myself on Twitter.
2: Yeah. The problem on Twitter, you have to post two so that people see both. Yes. Yeah. And that's to be like slightly different poses or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. It has to be a slideshow. Uh awesome. And then daybreak, when does daybreak Daybreak
3: drops allegedly in October, but who knows with? <laughs> who knows? You'll see Netflix. it when you see it. Yeah.
2: Um Jarrett, who also used to work at uh Buzzfeed, just kind of like championed a a cause that Netflix to like get better at telling people when their shows come out yes
3: I think he even has a new like little vertical for it yeah yeah. Uh, so yeah catch daybreak in October and you know there's, there's a little bit more to come on All Netflix, right. so stay tuned. I'm excited. Yeah. And Keep It.
2: Keep It is out every- Every Wednesday. Oh, every nice-
3: Wednesday on Cricut Media. You find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll see you next time. I am definitely drunk. <laughs> your Uber is here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. At first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier. Starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching?
0: I finally watched Glow. Oh yeah, yeah. I, wa- I watched the third season, and I loved it. I really liked the season. It was shorter than I expected. I don't know why, um, but I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I watched it over the course of like three days, oh. and uh, I cried. I laughed. Uh, there's some se- sexy parts. It's a good time. Okay. So yeah, I watched Glow. I'm glad I. I'm glad I got it in. Um. And what about you? Would you watch?
2: I uh, have been watching a lot of the same stuff, but The Great British Bake Off is back. Uh, they're doing, uh, they're showing it in the US on Netflix in the same uh, timeline that it's being premiered in the UK or like a week after. So it's coming out weekly. It's not like the old seasons that we would all get oh, sort of as one. You have to watch it you week to week. build the
0: tension.
2: But I will admit it's one of those shows that I'm like willing to watch week to week. That's great also watching too much great british bake off in a row makes me too hungry and so <laughs> having just an hour at a time i think is probably better for me because i've also still been watching a shitload of bon appetit videos and i can't watch too many in a row because it literally makes me too hungry and i don't have the fortitude but who knows i just bought a vitamix so we're gonna be smoothing it up every time i have a craving now we're putting it in the blender if i have a taste for baby, It's going right in. Oh my God. (laughs) Jonathan Swift. (laughs) A very inconvenient solution or what a modest proposal. There's a lot happening in my brain right now, and I would like to ask you what is your non t v chaser
0: my non t v chaser is that I went on a, on a little solo shopping spree this past weekend, and oh. it was so fun.
2: What did you buy? I bought
0: the pants that I'm wearing right now, which are uh their pants <laughs> um, uh- <they're- laughs>
2: Do you not want to say they're the most expensive pants that you've ever bought?
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially when it's followed up with they are basically upcycled, made in the USA, uh, vintage Levi's. But then they have these like fun patches on them that are embroidered uh, like cacti. And I don't know, I've never worn pants like this before. (laughs) I really like them. I like them. Thank you. And I got like a dress and another pair of pants that fit me really well. And I got funky boots, which is the first time I've ever bought funky boots. So you best believe I'm going to be pulling those bad boys out. Nice. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it was just it was a nice treat for myself. Also, it was on Labor Day in Williamsburg and no one was there. And it was the best day in Williamsburg I've ever had. Oh, yeah. It was like everyone was out of town. Nice. That's pretty lovely. Yeah. What about you? What's your chaser?
2: Uh, I'm very happy it's starting to get a little cooler, although we had a taste of it, now it's gone again. Um, But yeah, I, I was traveling a bunch over the last three weekends, and I'm finally, my like little stretch of shows has ended for now, so I was in Tacoma, Boston, Provincetown, past weekend was in Arlington, and yeah, my chasers, just everybody who came, Uh, it was nice to do a bunch of shows. And everybody who suffered through my, my singing at the end of it. I will do more shows soon, but I was working out some new stuff. And yeah, getting ready to go out again. But yeah, my favorite, the Arlington, uh, the place I performed at in Arlington was more like this kind of art house theater, like small, like indie theater. And the guy who uh, was the manager was like, want to have some fun with the lights? And I was like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So when I sang my song at the end, he'd like put on this whole light show. Yeah. When I'd get to the chorus, it would like change colors. (gasps) It was great.
0: That's so exciting.
2: It made my awful singing more palatable, I think. Gorgeous. It it made it more fun. (laughs) So now I'm inspired. So, everybody else, when I eventually get around to your city, you're just getting, it's just going to get better and better. And that's it for this week's Unhappy Hour. Thank you so much for listening. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye bye. Do you remember every those walls Every time we touch, I, I get build. this feeling. Every it! time we
0: get this
2: <laughs> feeling. You fucked up my halo. Because <laughs> every time we I touch, touch, I, I get, it get this feeling. And every time we get this feeling.